0: Good morning. Good morning. Can you name who does that song? Bad Blood. <laughs> Everyone below what age knew that? <laughs> anyway, yeah, Bad Blood. Uh, we're in a series called Family, and uh, everything that we're about around here, uh, our purpose is to, uh, to rebuild and to build healthy families. Because research will show you That the well-being of every person involves being in relationship, having meaning in your life, and having security. And uh, family is God's design to meet the deepest needs, the deepest longings in every human being. God's design was that the family would come together and provide those needs, relationship, meaning, and security. Now, not all families follow God's design, do we? And a lot of times, there's some bad blood in families. And, uh, you know, you don't exactly look forward to going to the Thanksgiving dinner or, the, uh, or maybe somebody's missing. You know, we all have uh, strained relationships, and we've been playing Family Feud, and it's been fun, and we're going to do that again, but... The title of Family Feud, the name of that game, is a whole lot more like reality in life. Families feud, and the problem with that is that then, too often, probably fifty percent of the time, families split apart, and there's strained relationships. And uh, you know, you've, you've just got that person that just gets under your skin. It might be a mother or a father might never ever go away. Uh, as long as, no matter how old you get, there's just that person. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to look at God's word and God's way to, to kind of navigate through those troubled waters of strained relationships. And so that might sound a little heavy, but we're just going to have first some fun family feud, okay? Uh, Mossers and uh, Pagets. Come on up.
1: The, the Demp's Padgett's over here and the Mosser's over here. Are you guys ready to play the family feud? So ready. So ready. Who's up first? Men. Dad versus dad. Okay, shake hands. He knows a little about everything, it's true. Not okay, well, oh yeah, what's your names? I'm Kelly. Justin. Kelly and Justin, all right. Let's go. 100 people from Salem Fields were surveyed and the top four, this is nothing, top four answers are on the board. Are you guys ready? First question. Which family member starts the most arguments? Uh, Kelly. The dad. Is dad on the board? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Whoa-ho>, yeah. <laughs> Would you like to pass or play?
0: Only. How many family members? Pass. <laughs> pass? Okay. So it comes
1: to us. It comes first to first you time. all, yeah. Oh, As a well, one by one, so the next person has to come up and I answer. Have to go with the wife. Yeah. Oh yeah, wife. And is wife on the board? Whoa. Oh, yes. I would think that would be higher. <laughs> so more men need to answer this poll clearly. Okay. What is your answer, dear lovely? Um, I'm going to go with the daughter or sister. The daughter or sister. Oh. Oh. Tough. You've got this with
0: the grandmother. The
1: grandmother. <laughs> oh! Pagets! it comes back to you. For the steal. No, they get two. <laughs> the baby of the family. The baby of the family, not an actual baby.
0: Oh! oh! <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Padgett Dems, take this one. What's the number four answer? Brother. Brother. Oh, huh. not the sister. Not the sister. Wow. Okay, come on down, next contestants. Okay. Oh, state your names for the record, please. I'm Keith. Keith. Arianne. Thank you. Okay. I'm sorry, I like her too. Right. Um, I just have to not show favoritism. Okay, next question. Are you guys ready? 100 Salem field- fielders were surveyed, and the top five answers are on the board. And the question is... How long does a typical family argument last? <laughs> I know, I would have given you credit. <laughs> 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 I think it's Arianne. We'll give it to you this time. What's the question? Oh. <laughs> How long does a typical family argument last? <laughs> All right, Demp's patches. oh no, Keith, can you beat this? Don't, don't talk to him, yet. Yeah. <laughs> About an hour, because there's, there's texting and stuff. Okay, you gave him an answer. All right, you guys gonna pass or play? Uh, They're gonna play, I knew it. I'm gonna say overnight. overnight. 24 hours. Oh. Well, 24 hours. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, there
0: yeah. you go. Okay. Yeah.
1: So then the next person comes up and answers. Good work, yeah. Good job, mom. Good job, mommy. Uh, I'm going to go five minutes. Five minutes. Wow. Okay. Y'all need more forgiveness <laughs>
0: people.
1: It's yours. You get one more X. Two hours. Oh. Ooh, For the steel pageant Demps. Oh, wow, okay, get it, girl. She says 12 hours. Oh. Wow, okay, Mossers, you get the points. Right. Let's see the rest of these answers. Number, f- yeah. 15 minutes, wow. 10 minutes, gosh.
0: <laughs> 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 a, an by the All right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let's have our last contestants come up. Please state your name Kaylee, Kathy. Kaylee and Kathy. Are you guys ready for this? This is double the point, so it's real important, okay? This is for everything, because you don't want to lose today. It's bad. Name something you might do to make up after a family <laughs> argument. Something <laughs> flew off of that, okay? Okay, what do you say? Kiss. Kiss. Oh! oh. <laughs> Top, that's strong. Player or pass? Okay. We're going to pass. They're going to pass. That was smart. That Not was. answers smart. up there. Yeah. Uh, flowers. Flowers. <laughs> Ooh! Yeah. He's got me. Food. Food. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. Apologize. That is really smart, Kaylee. Kaylee. Yes. She just wins for that. Um, What do you do to make up, in quotation marks, after a family argument? Movie. Movie. Ooh. Oh, that's what I do. <laughs>
0: that
1: was a fail. <laughs> You'll have to He's got it in my mind. He asked me to tell him what I voted for on the poll. <laughs> 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 Donald Trump. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> This is a lot of points, man. Can we pass now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't
0: pass now. You come up with something. Just do it. All right. What do you do? I don't you Oh, that's good. Congratulations. Makeup. <laughs> that's, that's what that's the point. All right. It's a tough one. You gotta come with something. Eight. Right. Seven. Six. Name something you might do to make four, up after a
1: family argument.
0: Three. Oh, two. No,
1: one. one. Turn right. uh, <laughs> Taco? Did I hear taco? I said talk. Oh, <laughs> taco. Okay, you guys are out. Let's see. What can, what can you do over here? We're gonna go with forgive and forget. Forgive and forget. Sweep uh. it under the rug. Oh. 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 So they get the points. Yes. <laughs> Keith finally wins one. Yes. Okay. The rest he of the answers. The right we need the rest of these answers. <laughs> Number I eat ice cream in. Number six big. Okay, so the losers this week, we didn't have you do announcements, but you have to come back this week and clean out all the gutters. Congratulations. So we'll see you guys Monday at 7 a.m. sharp.
0: I'm kidding. I'll tell you, the Mossers, man, they're wiping up, aren't they? It seems like they're back they every week. Oh, they lost? Yeah. Oh, wah, wah. Sorry, you guys. <laughs> well, that was fun, wasn't it? And you notice those, uh, those answers? They were all about fighting. <laughs> Man, they had the kids and the ladies and babies and everything. Well, the game is fun, that's for sure. And I do think that we need to laugh at ourselves a little bit more, don't you? I mean, some of the arguments that we have are pretty ridiculous, some of the reasons that we fall out in our relationships are so minor, but there's something so much deeper that we're really not looking at. And the saddest thing, you know, the saddest thing is that family members can, can inflict some of the deepest wounds on each other uh, of anybody. And I think the reason for that is because we care more. We care more about what family members think. And, and we really need to, because family is the tie that binds us together. And when that's severed, we're out of balance, we have disharmony, there's unrest, there's just something that's nagging at us all the time. So Nehemiah said, we need to rebuild our families, we need to rethink this. We need to look at what we have, things sometimes get in shambles. A relationship can be strained or it can be severed. Maybe you never had that relationship in the first place. It was a biological parent. Whatever that is that just kind of nags at you, that's what we're going to look at today. I have seen so many family dynamics through the years. It's almost like I uh, I can just see it without even trying now because I've worked with family dynamics so much. But not only that, I've done extensive research on my own family and my own life and where I fit in my family. I did a 60-page paper one time on my family. I was in graduate school, and I sat down with my grandparents. They were still living, and I recorded them, and I asked them all kinds of questions. And then I had this other family that was kind of my control group, and I wondered why this was happening in this family, and this was... And I learned so much, but I took the time and spent that time with my grandparents and discovered my family's story. And so I found it fascinating And uh, so I've, you know, what I'm telling you is not something I'm telling you. It's something that I have done. Uh, If this were not interesting, then Ancestry.com wouldn't be so big, right? And we can find who we're tied to back in the kings and queens and our bloodline. But the emotional connection between family relationships often gets uh, ignored, we kind of put, put that away and kind of pack that away because we don't like looking at that stuff. But the reality of it is the good, the bad, and the ugly is all part of our story. I find so often that people don't want to talk about the ugly. But the reality of it is that's what, made, that's what made you into who you are as well. You know, I heard one time, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard that Thomas Jefferson took the Bible... And he went through it and he cut out every part that he didn't like. And so he had a Bible filled with just stuff that he liked. And a lot of times that's what we do with our family story. We don't want to talk about the ugly stuff because it's kind of like we just want to pack that away. But the problem with that is that that stuff is still affecting you. That stuff, if you haven't found resolve with it, will still play out in every relationship that you have. Now, you're going to have to trust me on that. I've been working with this for about 30 years, and I know this myself, not only in working with people, but in my own home as well. But, you know, uh, we, we, we get these feelings and these emotions that are going on underneath. We have a sense of uh, betrayal, maybe, abandonment. There's anger oftentimes we're just offended. I was at a wedding, and I'll tell you about that, but it was my family. It was my cousin's daughter that was getting married. Gorgeous wedding. And I was sitting at a table, and once again, I was reminded of my family story because uh, two family members were there, and one of them said, well, that really offended me. <laughs> and I sat there kind of like I didn't, wasn't attached to that story, but it was kind of fun to watch. And uh, as they kind of awkwardly tried to work that thing out, But, you know, family really needs to have a a level of connectedness that can deal with that kind of intensity because problems are really a tool that God can use to make us better. You know, the executives at Apple, I was watching a 60 Minutes uh, report on them, and the executives at Apple say, we love problems. We love problems. You know why that is? Because it makes them better. I mean, we wouldn't have what we have today with everything that we have, iPhones and every iPads and all of that, if it weren't for a lot of problems that Steve Jobs had. I watch him. I watch his life. I'm so fascinated by his life and how he did his life and how that came out of him. And if we didn't have problems, we can't get better. But the problem with problems in people in general is that we have problems and and we run away from them. And I say, why not? Why not look at that and deal with it? Now remember, every part of your story—all the good, all the bad, all the ugly—is part of your story. Don't be afraid of the ugly, because it's really a tool that you can look at and you can learn. After all, uh, who was the very first family? And who were their sons? and got Cain and Abel. Yes. It did not take very long for problems to set into that family. You realize that? Adam and Eve did their thing. They had two boys and one murdered the other. That is a problem. <laughs> That's a problem. <laughs> okay, so what do we learn from that problem with Cain and Abel? If you know their story and you can go read their story, but what you can learn from that that story and that problem is that jealousy will kill and destroy every time, every time. So if we can know what the problem is and we can see what happens from the problem, then we can learn and we can do better the next time. And so embrace the problem. So last weekend, I was at this wedding. It was in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It was in one of the most gorgeous settings I have ever been in. The Susquehanna River was out in the, in the distance, and there were horses, and uh, it, it was just, there was a Japanese garden, and it was just absolutely gorgeous. And I was so honored to be there. My cousin and I grew up together. She's one of my best friends. We've been friends f- since we were little girls. We just have so much in common in family. And her daughter was getting married, and so I I got to go there. Buddy and I went there. And and like I said, as I was sitting at a table, I was reminded once again of my family story because some of the same stories are still emerging. Some of the same dynamics are still there. For me, life began in the midst of a long-held family secret, and it involved a shady business deal and a family on the run that was my family i was three years old and my family overnight packed up and fled to ohio now i was just a child and they protected me from those details but it seeped out over the years the family secret little bits and pieces of information and i would ask and i'd talk to different people and i would ask what was this family secret because something was going on if a family of six left Delaware, my birth state, overnight, and went to Ohio, right? You'd think something happened. Well, what happened was we went to Ohio, and uh, we, we, we went to this family that welcomed us in. It was a farm family. And I'm blown away because this farm family opened their arms. I was in Iceland not too long ago, and it was during the Syrian refugee Uh, Time And the Icelandic people were saying, we're receiving them. in, And you know, there was all kinds of controversy about the refugees and everything. I didn't get into that. But it reminded me, God reminded me, that's exactly what Ruth and Glenford King did for your family. They welcomed us into their home with open arms. I'm blown away by that. Well, we moved to Virginia when I was 10 years old. And I, I realized that, that those years of my life created a huge support system and foundation, made a huge impact on my life. And when we moved to Virginia, I sort of lost touch with that family, but then Facebook came along, right? And we reconnected. I took a visit back to Ohio, and I sat down with Ruth King. Glenford, was, he was gone by now. And we kind of reminisced about that story because she's one of the only people on earth that can give me information about that part of my family history. And we sat there and we talked. And a few years later, uh, I saw just recently that she's in hospice. Ruth is. And so I decided, you know, I can't get out there. I wanted to get out and talk to her just one more time. So I decided to write her a letter the old-fashioned way. And I I can't even believe I did it because I've only written probably a couple letters in my whole life. But I sat down and I told Ruth what a huge impact she had made on my life and how I was blown away at how she received our family into their home with love and how she was a part of a faith community that I grew up in where I saw as a child and I experienced loving, authentic christ-like relationships we went to church together my mother sang with her in a little trio i observed as all of children observe adults and i knew that authentic genuine relationships in the body of christ could happen ruth influenced the way i lead today the way I lead Salem Fields Community Church. Much of her influence, I have been continually believing, I know this can happen, so the body of Christ can come together and have those kinds of relationships. She influenced my life today, And so I thanked her and I told her that her influence in my life, she shares, anyone that I touch in the name of Jesus, whether it's in the United States, whether it's in India, whether it's in Africa, anyone that I've ever touched, Ruth shares in that legacy. She shares in that. And I wanted her to know that. And then I saw this Facebook post and I put it up here. Her daughter let me know after she got that letter how much that meant to Ruth. And then I saw this Facebook post that says, I've hacked into my mom's account. This is her daughter. And she said, I wanted to thank you, her friends, for the cards and visits in the last weeks. Her heart continues to weaken by the week and she sleeps much of the time, but she still... Very much enjoys short visits, cards, and personal Facebook messages when she's awake. Your encouragement and God's grace has kept her spirits high through this journey of walking towards heaven. Now, this is the part that just went to my heart. It's a joy. This is her daughter watching her. It's a joy to wait with her in expectation and dream of being with Jesus. She's ready and eager. That is a life well lived. I want to be like Ruth. When I'm knocking on heaven's door, that's the kind of spirit that I desire to have, however that ends for me. And I got to tell you, that didn't just happen by Ruth hoping that it would happen. See, she showed evidence of God's love in her life. That didn't just happen by Ruth hoping for it or going and saying, God, please, please give me peace. Please give me resolve. God doesn't just dump it on us. That comes from a commitment to walk in his ways on a day-by-day basis so that he can shape us and remove all of that stuff in us that doesn't look like him so that he can shape us to reveal his love. Do you hear what I'm saying? It doesn't just happen by God dumping that on us or us asking. Ruth committed in her life to walk in his ways and to allow allow herself to change. And she's reflecting at the end of her life the love just the way I saw it when I was a child. What that means is our, our, our pride sometimes needs to take a pounding. And we're not always going to get our way when we read the Bible. We're not going to cut out those parts that we don't like in the Bible. We're going to live by it and let it change us. It comes by making daily choices to walk in the path that leads there. And so if you think about your life and you think about the chunk of life that you have left, and I think about these things, from where Ruth is to where you are today, You could die tomorrow, or you could live to be in your 90s, just like Ruth. And think about that chunk of time today. Now, we can't change the past, and we can't change the mistakes that we've made in the past. But we can certainly make decisions today that will lead to the peace and the joy and the resolve that Ruth has. And we do that by taking a look at our life and assessing it. And saying, what's the condition of the relationships in my life? Because after all, the message of Jesus Christ is all about relationships. It's all about the condition of our relationships. You see, the cards that we play today, the choices we make today are gambling with the quality of our future, Can't change anything in the past. We can learn and we can do better. But we've got today until that day to look at and say, what do I need to do to walk on that path? What do I need to do in my relationships in order to find that kind of peace and that kind of joy? Because that's why Jesus came, so that we could experience that. Our life is most fulfilled When relationships are on the path to resolve, it doesn't mean that they're all fixed. It means that we have chosen to be on a path of resolving those issues in our life that are giving us that unease, that are churning inside of us, that are getting on our last nerve. And not avoid that because I can tell you this, any rupture in a family relationship brings a sense of disharmony. You will not be at rest if you're not doing your part to get on that path and do all that you can. And it will negatively affect every relationship that you have. Like I said, you have to trust me on that because I've seen that throughout the time that I've worked with with families and also in my own family as well. God's design is that we love Him, we love others, and we love ourselves. And the mission of Jesus is to bring us nearer to that kind of love. The mission of Jesus is to heal my heart and all the wounds that reside in there. The mission of Jesus is to restore us to one another, to not split apart. And I ask you, is that your desire, not only for your family relationships but for the body of Christ? As well. It says in Romans, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, that little phrase is key. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends. And that's one of the hardest human things that we can do. When somebody hurts us, we want to hurt them back, or we'll abandon them, or we'll talk about them the the our nature is simply to do that but god says that's not your job your job is to get on the path to resolve and to allow your heart to heal and to do whatever it takes to go as far as you can in that relationship so that you're waiting there and when they're ready if they're ever ready then you can take the next step there is good news here because guess what this doesn't This doesn't depend on another person. It doesn't depend on another person being alive. It doesn't depend on another person being remorseful. It doesn't depend on another person finally saying and acknowledging how bad they hurt you. It doesn't depend on another person. It depends on your choice and what you choose to do. But the Bible clearly says if it's at all possible as far as it depends on you. And then it goes on in Hebrews to say, work at getting along with each other and with God. Otherwise, you'll never get so much as a glimpse of God. That's out of the message. You see, God's way is to be resolute in seeking resolve. Resolve. I'm not talking about resuming a relationship. I'm talking about resolving a relationship peace doesn't just happen by itself it's something that god's it 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 isn't something that god simply gives us and he requires something of us i love this quote it says peace is a beautiful thing we all want peace don't we but here's the kicker making peace not so much Because in order to have the byproduct of peace, we have to walk a path that we might not like so much. But the question is, am I willing to walk that path? We get to choose that. So there's two things, very quickly, I just want to say to keep in your mind. First of all, seek to resolve. This is what the Word says. Seek to resolve. Do your part as far as you can. It doesn't mean that you'll resume that relationship. It just simply means that you will do everything that you can to take it as far as what the Word tells you to take it. I asked Buddy if I could tell you this, and you don't know this with our public life, but in our private life, for many, many years, there were things in our relationship that I was taking, and I took it for a long time, but they really didn't belong to me. Because Buddy's biological father had been severed from his life. And it took us both together a long time to figure out what was going on. And Buddy began to say, you know what, I need to resolve that. I mean, there were things that uh, his parents had done to try to get him to forget about that. We love his parents. We've got a wonderful relationship. But kind of the family secret was, let's just not talk about that. Well, that came out in our relationship. And so we began. We started figuring it out. And I challenged him. I said, buddy, why don't you begin to pursue that? So he began to talk to his mom about it, and she really didn't want to at first, but then we had some wonderful conversations where we went and sat with her, and it was almost like she found some freedom in releasing the secret. And she began to find some healing with that, and their relationship began to change. And he began to pursue it more and say, who really am I? And who he thought he had had a stepfather and who he thought his father was didn't turn out to be his biological father at all. And so he explored and he had some help to find out who that connection was. And he found out. And then he had choices as to what he was gonna do with that. And he took it the next step. And I watched a transformation in my husband that blew me away. He began to not kind of take those things out on me and I decided not to take those things anymore. And he began to resolve. And he got to a point where he said, he found out his biological father wasn't living anymore but that didn't make any difference because it needed to be resolved in his heart. And he finally discovered and I remember the very day, he sent me a picture and he said, I'm at peace. That's awesome. That's the place we want to live. But I'm telling you it's not going to be dumped down on your head. It's going to be because you have decided to walk that path to do all that you can to take it as far as you can. Now, buddy could take it further. He could go talk, he could go find his his half brothers and sisters and blow their minds. He's chosen not to do that part. If he needed to, that would have been another step, but he's taken it as far Do you understand what I'm saying? That is in our power as to whether we're willing to walk that path to find peace and joy and resolve. The second thing is to commit. Commit to the godly principles in God's word, not to another person, but commit to God's word. Don't cut out those little pieces that you don't like of the Bible or of your family story. Take a look at it. Making peace takes time and energy and struggle. The relationship may not go the way that you want. You may need to grieve the loss of someone in your life that doesn't want to have that kind of relationship. Yet when you're done, you know that you can have resolve and you'll live with peace. And I can tell you this, you'll live with no regrets. I was talking to this man at the wedding and the subject turned to my family and I shared with him that I only have one brother left out of a family of seven. In Ohio, my parents went on, we had I had a little sister, so there was a, a family of seven there. And, and one by one, my family members have passed away. It started when I was 15 years old with the death of my father. And I told him how my brother and I take these no regrets trips. It's just he and I left because both of us know that one day, one of us is going to leave the other. And so we said, you know what? Let's just make the most of this chunk of time that we have together. And so we've been traveling the world. <laughs> we've gone to Ireland. We've gone to Israel. We've, we do these, no, and everywhere we go, we tell people about this no regrets trip, and, and people are just kind of interested in that. Well, this man said, he said, wow. He found that really interesting. He said, he said I've got this huge family, but they don't have relationships like that. Everyone kind of just goes their own way. And I said, you know, I I guess for me, it's the result of when you have those kinds of losses, relationships become really, really important. And you want to savor all of the relationships and be resolved in the relationships that you have. But I can tell you this, I've also had lots and lots of turmoil in my family as well. After my father died, my family splintered. There were divorces. My brothers got divorces. I lost my nieces, my nephews. There was conflict, and there were more deaths. My sister's substance abuse created turmoil in my relationship with my mother. And I messed up a lot. I didn't do everything right, but I can tell you this. I was committed to those relationships, and I had to learn. Because here is what I believe. Family is worth fighting for, it's worth fighting for. I want my grandchildren to know that I have fought for my marriage, that I have fought for God's word. I want them to know that. Last night, my granddaughter came to me weeping. She said, Nan, I'm so sad for your story, and I said, Gracie, this is your story too. We can cry together, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I want her to pass this, on down through her families. I want her to know that you can look at the ugly and you can learn from that because it's part of our story. And if I succeeded there, it's all I care about. You guys are just a bonus, you just are. I messed up a lot but I never gave up on that commitment to push towards resolve and one by one my family members died and it was painful when my, my mother died and then my sister died but I had peace that I had done all that I could to restore those relationships. It was horribly painful, but I have no regrets. And when I was grieving those losses, that helped. That helped a lot because I committed to God's word and godly principles and the hurt went deep in all of us but God's peace reached down into my heart like nothing else could as I grieved. I want to tell you guys, there is nothing like knowing that all is well with your soul. That is the ultimate natural high in life. So the man at the wedding said, he said, well, wow, God must have equipped you to deal with things that I've never had to deal with. And he said, there must be a reason in that. And I stood there and I thought, you know, I wouldn't have chosen to have all of those losses in my life. I wouldn't have chosen to have had a life characterized by death after death and being left behind. I wouldn't have chosen that, but you know what? Maybe there is a reason why that has been my life. And I began to think about that and I thought maybe he said, he said, you know, it's, it's so you can help others. And I thought, well, I don't really want to go through things like that to help other people. And then I thought, well, maybe, maybe that is. So here I am today. And I'm telling you guys a few things from my experience that I think truly can bring no regrets in your life. You've got a chunk of time from today today to wherever like Ruth, whatever that chunk of time is. And you can make choices in your life today that will bring no regrets. Do you ever put some thought into that? Do you ever allow God to reveal things to you in your life? Because I can't tell, them, tell you what they are for you. I only know that I can challenge you, that's my job. The Holy Spirit's job is to bring someone to your mind or bring something to your mind that you can begin to think about or process. But here I am today, and I just need to tell you if there's a broken relationship in your life, if there's a troubled, conflicted, unresolved relationship in your life, you've got unfinished business. And anytime you have unfinished business, you will not find the peace and joy that comes along that God wants you to have. That person that gets on your last nerve, maybe it's time to look at them in a different way. Look at them through God's lens. Bury the hatchet. Choose a different path. If they don't want resolution, doesn't matter. You still have choices with that. Another thing, maybe I'm just simply here to remind you today that You do have someone in your life. I don't have a mom. I don't have a dad. I look at I've been to some weddings and I've seen father-daughter dances. And it still makes me sad because I didn't get to have my dad. But a lot of you still do. Maybe it's a conflicted relationship. It doesn't rely on him for you to find peace and joy. Your choice can be to get on the path and say I'm gonna do all that I can and take it as far as I can and if he doesn't wanna resolve it, it's okay but I'm gonna find that peace and joy. Say what you need to say, okay? Maybe you need to call somebody up. Maybe it's just a matter of going to the Lord in prayer and we're gonna have a little bit of time here at the end for God to speak to you. I don't know what it is in your life but I would suspect that God's already brought something to your mind or someone. But here's my highest reason. I wanna bring God glory for what he's done in my life. That's all I want my life to be because he's brought me through some really, really tough circumstances. And I don't wanna cut those out of my life because it's God's way of shaping me into looking more like him. In Chronicles, I'm reading through the Bible and sometimes it feels like sludge And I got into Chronicles 1, and it was like, oh, I've got to really get through this. But Chronicles 2 has some golden nuggets in it. And this is what it says. And this is for you. This is for me. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their ways, their wicked ways, Then I will hear from them, and they'll hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and will heal them. We have a part to humble ourselves, to turn to him, to commit to his way, not our own. The goal is no regrets, and it's possible. To finish life with peace and joy, like Ruth and to navigate through difficult family relationships with Jesus, with Jesus and never give up, never give up, you've been challenged, the Holy Spirit's been here, your part to simply listen to the Holy Spirit and obey whatever that might be. Because I can tell you this, peace and resolve and an up-to-date relationship with him and with others, there's no better way. There's no better way to live. You know, I was thinking about that little prayer the other night, I don't know why it came to my mind, but we teach this to children. I learned it as a child and it says, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, (laughs) what a thing to tell children. (laughs) you know, but the reality of it is you're not ready to live until you're ready to die. And when my father went to sleep one night, he never woke back up. And I know it was well with his soul. And so part of my responsibility is to share with people. You can have that too. You can have that peace and that joy that comes along with making choices today that will set you on a course of resolve. So I don't know what God wants to do in you here this morning, but we're gonna have this incredible song. I love this song. Just forget about everybody else and just worship and just key in and listen to the Lord. If you wanna come and pray, if you wanna accept Jesus, if you're not walking with him, if you want his strength, he will give it to you. Let's stand together and worship.
1: has quaked before
0: moved by the sound of his voice